belonging, community, connection, relationship, doing life together. So uh, hang around if you've got time. Uh, I think you will uh, benefit from it, as will all of us. Uh, We're continuing in our series that I started last week uh, about community, creating community. And believe it or not, I know you'll find this very hard to believe, the church is actually not a perfect place. I know, I know, not full of perfect people. Um, If it was, I wouldn't be here. And neither would you. (laughs) So uh, every church has people who come together who are on a journey to become more like Jesus. That's our goal. That's our desire, to be more like Jesus Christ, our heavenly Savior. That doesn't mean we walk around in a toga and Jesus sandals. (laughs) But it does mean that our desire, our heart, is to reflect more the attitudes, the the heart, the lifestyle, and the decision-making that Jesus would want us to have in regards to our relationship with Him and our relationship to other people. That's what it means to be more like Jesus. Uh, And it is a journey. It's a journey. And because it's a journey, and each and every one of us are on that journey, it's important that we have grace for one another. Um, (laughs) There's uh, Every church has in it, at different times, the Tate family. Now, I'm not talking about Vicky Tate, whose surname is Tate. (laughs) And when I was putting this together, I was thinking, I hope Vicky doesn't mean I'm... I think I'm singling her out, but there's some other Tates that are in the church from time to time. There is Dictate, who wants to tell everyone what to do and how to live their lives. He comes from time to time. There's Rotate, who's never happy and always tries to change everything all the time. There's Agitate, who stirs people up and likes to create conflict with people, with the help of her husband, irritate. (laughs) Who likes to irritate people? Uh, There's brothers vegetate and spectate, who always say they're going to do something and never do. (laughs) Vegetate. Uh, But not every member of the Tate family are are bad or or have an unhealthy influence. There's also facilitate. Facilitate gets involved, encourages those they meet and who they talk to and help in fulfilling the Lord's and the church's mission to reach people and to bring the gospel to the world. There's uh, cousins cogitate and meditate, (laughs) who are always thinking of others and always looking to be a blessing when they come into church. Uh, There is resuscitate. How good is this? <laughs> I impressed myself when I was putting this together. I thought, this is amazing. <laughs> Resuscitate. Always coming along other people who are struggling in their faith or going through a hard time to pray for them, to speak life, to speak hope. I want to be resuscitate. There's reorientate who lead people back to Jesus when they're going astray, when they're heading off in different directions. Get around people. Say, hey, come back, pray for them. And there's imitate, those who want to be more like Jesus in every way in their life and are an example to other people in how to live 
their life of faith. So every one of us at different times represent the Tate family, sometimes for good and sometimes for evil. And we all have that capacity within us. And so it's important that, that we come uh, intentionally coming to say, I, I want to impart, I want to encourage, I want to bring what I have to create a, an environment, a community, a church that is bringing hope, faith and love, not only to those here, but outside the world. That's why we come together. And so every one of us uh, can contribute to that by bringing a word of life, a word of hope, a word of encouragement. Um, you might have seen up on some of those screens, but we exist for three reasons. And we want to help people know Jesus. We want to help people find community. And we want to help people discover their purpose. That's why we're here, not only for us, but for people who don't even know that we exist yet. Know Jesus, find community, and discover purpose. So uh, the Bible expresses the term community, if you read throughout the scriptures, there's a word that the Bible uses from time to time. You may have read it. You may have seen it. It's the word fellowship. I don't know if you ever heard that word fellowship. It's an older type of word. And when Jesus was explaining what he wanted for the church and how he wanted the church to be and what he wanted the church to look like and what he wanted the church to do, uh, he used uh, this, this word of community or fellowship or connection to bring about it. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, or actually it's verse 42 of that, of that section of scriptures. I just want to read the first part. Uh, Acts 2.42 says this, talking about the early church. After Jesus Christ had died, he rose from the dead, poured out the Spirit, and he went back. And then the very first church, uh, it said this about them. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now, that, that word fellowship, in the original language, I don't want to get too, too deep with it, but it's a Greek word, uh, which is, I'm not Greek, but it's uh, pronounced koinonia. I don't know if you ever heard that word. You may have heard it from time to time. Uh, or the Aussie translation, koinonia. <laughs> Onya. Um, but there's no, there's no real English translation of, of what that actual Greek word meant. But if we look at other scriptures where that word's used, we get an understanding of what, what Jesus wanted from the church when he talked about that word fellowship. It's not just people gathering together. It's not just a group of people that are just located in one place or just having a conversation. So in Romans 15, 26, Paul used this word in this scripture. It says, for it has pleased them of Macedonia and Archaea to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are in Jerusalem. Now that word contribution there is actually that word koinonia, which is translated fellowship. So it talks about a contribution. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, Paul uses the word again, and it says when Paul asks, what communion has light with darkness? So that word communion there is also that Greek word koinonia, which is translated fellowship. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13, Paul writing to the Corinthians, talking about money for the poor, uh, saints in Jerusalem. He, used, he said this in uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 13. Men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. That word generosity there is that same word, koinonia, which is translated fellowship. 
in the Scriptures. Uh, and then finally, when Paul wrote to Philemon in the book of Philemon, if you've, if you've read that book, one of the, one of the uh, books of the New Testament, uh, he said that he thanked God when he heard of his love and faith, which he had toward Jesus and all the saints, and that the communication of his faith might become effectual. Now, that word communication is the same word, koinonia, in the original Greek, which is translated fellowship. So from these scriptures, as we look at these scriptures, as we look at the different words and how they're interpreted and what they express, we get an idea of what God or Jesus was thinking when it talked about these early saints, when it talked about fellowship in that scripture where it said, they devoted, uh, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. They devoted themselves to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So I want to look at these words. I want to look at these four words uh, this morning and so that we unpack it a little bit so that we can get a context for the kind of environment, the kind of community that we want to be as the Scriptures outline what we're to do and what we're to be. How does that sound? Is that good? So the first one is contribution. So that Scripture that says, For it has pleased them, Romans 15, 26, it has pleased them of Macedonia and Cade to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are in Jerusalem. Contribution. So Jesus is saying He wants the church to be a place where everyone contributes where there is a contribution from every person. That is part of what fellowship is. It's not just gathering, and it's not just uh, a receiving, it's actually contributing. When we say, hey, I'm coming, I'm in fellowship with the church, I'm part of the community, that word, as the Scriptures make clear, is about bringing something, a place where we don't just receive, but we give, where we share. It can be a word of encouragement can be a word of life, a word of hope, can be a prayer, finances, all of these things when we're coming to church that we're thinking that, hey, I'm coming to church this Sunday and I'm going to give. I'm going to give of my worship to God and worship Him and lift him up His name. I'm going to give to those who I come in contact with. I'm going to bring something to the community that's going to add something and not take something away. That we're all, and if every one of us come with that concept and that idea and that thought, what an amazing place. I mean, it's already amazing. But that's what Jesus wanted. That's what he had in mind when he talked about and planted the, the church, what it would be. A place where we bring a contribution. He doesn't want people just to be spectators. Church is not a spectator sport. That's why, you know, when I'm preaching, I like some some... You to give something back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's a lot easier when there's a response. <laughs> and so as a pastor, Nicole and I, as the pastors of the church and the leaders, we want, we want not just people to, to come and just receive and, and watch, but to be part of what we're doing, part of where we're going, contributing bringing and, and creating an atmosphere, an environment where people find Jesus, as we're talking about, or they know Jesus. They find community and discover purpose. That is why we are here, uh, of, of the Lord's mission to bring the gospel. And the gospel is not just the message, it's the, it's the whole kingdom of God and the whole way of life 
and the transformative power that that gospel has, not just for individuals, but for families, and not just for families, but for communities, and not just communities, but for whole states, whole nations, and God's desire for the whole world. That's why we're here. So contribution. Everyone say contribution. Okay, the second one. Not only did Jesus have in mind the idea of people coming together and all bringing something, to make a difference and create an environment and a place that brings transformation, not just spiritually, but socially in people's lives, but a place of communion. It speaks of relationship. It speaks of connection. Uh, It speaks of intentionality. You know, relationships don't just develop by osmosis. They develop because people have a heart and a desire to build relationships. Um, It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. That talks about relationship. It talks about people gathering together. And one of the ways we formally create opportunity for that to happen is through connect groups. Um, it's not always easy to, to get together, to build those relationships. So we create a, a formal system, if you like, which are connect groups where people can come together together they can break bread, they can pray, they can hear the word, they can do social events or all these kind of things. So it's an environment where people can come to do this, the breaking of bread and prayer. Um, but again, they, they don't happen by accident. There's got to be intentionality. And so you know, if you're not in a connect group, say, oh, I don't need a connect group, I just like going to church, you're never actually going to gain the full value of what it means to be part of a church community, part of the the mission of the church, the building of relationships, the the deepening of relationships. Now, church is awesome, and and you get to chat with people out in the foyer, and I always encourage that if you've got time to hang around. Um, But you're going to get to know people a a small amount, don't you, in 15 minutes, in 10 minutes, in five minutes of communication or chatting or having a coffee. and we want relationships to go deeper than that. Obviously not with everybody in the whole church, but there's, there's a level of depth in our relationships. There's a level of connection that's beyond just the surface. So many people out there in the world are uh, connected you know, through social media and everything, but the levels of loneliness when they do the, the wellness index in a place like Sydney are through the roof. People are disconnected. People are lonely. People are disenfranchised, fragmented, and the and the social ills of that we're seeing in many of the problems that our community has. And we want to create and be intentional in saying, you know what? I don't want to be a statistic. I want to be part of the answer. And we do that by saying, oh, I'm going to be part of the connect group. I'm going to connect with other people on a fortnightly basis, pray for one another, and and be a place where we are creating that kind of community. Um, and you have to believe it's important because it's not always easy, is it? You know, you're busy. It's not always easy to get to church on a Sunday. By the time you get to the end of the week, you're like, <laughs> I'd love to sleep in. Um, I'd love to sleep in some Sundays. But, uh, but, but we say, you know, you know what? This is important. This is part of building, not just for my life and my value, but I'm there for other people. Because if I'm not there, I can't speak that word of hope, that word of life. I can't be there for that person who maybe is going through that hard time. So that we're actually, we're actually building relationships, supporting one another, praying for one another. Uh, because I can't do it all. And it's not my job. 
to pray for everybody, pastor everybody, and be there for everybody all the time. That's not my job. My job is to create an environment and a place where there are the opportunity for us to do life together, to support one another, to build one another up, to grow in our faith, to go out and be the people God's called us to be. That's why I'm here, and I'm encouraging you to be part of that through leaders and connect group leaders and people saying, hey, I want to take some of that responsibility. I feel like God has is done enough in my life and I'm in a place where I'd love to contribute back. I'd love to create an environment where people can come and, and receive that kind of thing that, that I've received. So communion, it has got to be intentional. Any married couple knows that, that relationships do not develop and, and foster and grow without intention because we all get busy. We all get busy working and doing life and then you have kids if you've got kids and, and there's a thousand different things going on. And if you are not intentional in that relationship, you will find by osmosis, you actually don't get closer, you get further apart. That's just the way it works. You don't accidentally become close. You make a decision intentionally. I was reading in the paper just this week, you may have read it as well about, I don't know if you're, anyone remembers or if you've been around uh, the uh, Channel 9 TV guy, Steve Jacobs. I don't know if anyone saw that article, but uh, he, him and his wife, Rose Jacobs, uh, uh, on social media, and I guess in regards to the, his job on TV and everything, considered very successful, uh, very connected in that world, uh, and, and they've just announced their separation. And they'd gone to some idyllic island. He'd, he'd left his job after 12 years as the, the weather guy, the funny weather guy on Channel 9. And, and they were saying, oh, it's, a, it's a, a sea change and it's time to put the family first. And anyway, it's just come out that, you know, the, the reality was that their, their relationship was actually a mess. There was a lot of problems going on there. They were not getting on. And it was a last-ditch effort to bring their relationship together. But she said this, because he worked very, very long hours. It said he was on the road 300 days of the year, traveling and doing TV and everything, something that many of us would go, wow, look how successful they look, always smiling, always happy on the screens. And yet behind the scenes, their relationship was slowly deteriorating. They had two kids. And she said this, after 12 years of rarely seeing each other, we finally had time to spend time together, which is when they, he quit his job. He goes, okay, look, let's, let's make this work. And she said that, that when they came back together, it wasn't healing. It was actually confronting, that, that they actually had lost their relationship. And it, for them, as far as they consider, it was unsalvageable, and they've, and they've separated. And I think, wow, that's, that's I guess, a, a, an extreme version of it. But, but in each and every one of our lives, there is the possibility in any relationship, without intentionality, to find through the busyness of work and and oftentimes in, in this area of Sydney, you know, there's two people working. So the, the mum and the dad are working to, to finance and put kids through school or, or buy homes or do all those kind of things. And without intentionality, without intentionality, it will not work. It will not. And as a pastor, I'm telling you, you've got to be intentional about your relationship and about your marriage. But also in regards to your relationship to church. Every time, you know, I hear people come to me from time to time and say, oh, I just don't feel a part of it anymore. And I think that's because you haven't been around. 
it's so easy when you miss a few weeks or you, you're not connected or, or think, and, it's, and I'm not, it's, not the blame, it's not blaming, it's not intentional. It's just like stuff gets busy and after a time, you know, you, you walk in and I have these conversations. They go, oh, I just don't feel a part of it. I just don't feel like I connect here anymore. And I go, that's because you haven't been intentional in being here and the relationship has slowly um, broken down. And so we have to be intentional in the things that we know to be important church and, and, our, and our marriages and, and the important relationships that we have in our life make decisions to make them important. I was reading again in the paper. You probably think that's all I do, <laughs> but I've got to get information for my messages. <laughs> that's why they're so amazing. <laughs> that's your opportunity to clap. <laughs> yeah, it's getting hot in here, isn't it? Um, how warm was it this morning? I got up, I'm like, it's like seven degrees. <laughs> um, I read in the paper again, a, 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 an example that resonated with me as I prepared this message, talking about intentionality and about community and about community and relationships. It's talking about uh, FIFOs. I don't know if anyone's heard of FIFOs, but uh, in Australia, they're fly in, fly out. People that work in the mines. So they fly into a mine, they might work two, three, four, five, six weeks, and then they fly out. So they're called FIFOs. And they earn big bucks. And uh, some of these guys I was talking about earning, uh, so just for doing normal trades, whether it be a carpenter or a, or a boiler maker or, or that, some of them are earning up to $250,000 a year. So they go in for six weeks and then they come out and then uh, work 12 hours a day and then they go back home. But it was saying that before, in regards to all that money, they were uh, doing uh, interviews with different people who have been doing it for a while and, and the, the toll of that kind of lifestyle. Uh, one guy was quoted that he said, it's a proven fact that if you're, if you're a FIFO for longer than two years, there's a three in four chance that your relationship will break down. So three out of every four marriages of people that do FIFO for more than two years, the relationship ends, the marriage breaks down, the family separates. And it's because of the, uh, well, it's not just the, the, the lack of time and connection and relationship, there's, there's a lot of other um, uh, psychological issues that take place that they were talking about. But again, it just reminded me of the fact that, uh, that when we, pr- we got to prioritize the things we know are important, and money is important. I'm not saying it's not important, but if we go, hey, I can earn a million dollars a year if I spend 300 days of the year pursuing it and then think that all the other important things in our life are just going to look after themselves, they're not. They are not. That They will break down and we will lose them. And so we've got to go, what is important to me? What do I value and where am I investing my time? And so that's, only you can answer that. Only you can make those decisions around that and, and, and set up your life. If you think church is important, community is important, worship of God and the environment that's created here, then you have to say, I have to be there. Not oh, I don't, whether I feel like it or not. It's like, no, this is a non-negotiable. I'm in church when I can't be. I'm not saying you have to be every single week. Uh, but, you know, stuff happens, but, but it's an intentional part of our life, that our marriage is intentional, our relationships are intentional, the important things in our world are intentional. Um, 
Yes? Good, it's gone very quiet. <laughs> so make a note of that. Um, uh, and so a question that I have for you for in that is obviously there's connect groups and things going on, but I want you to be intentional in regards to building relationships and so asking the question, you know, who have I invited over? And, and I don't want you to answer this question. This is a rhetorical question. But just thinking, if, I, if, if relationships are important, if community is important, then what steps am I taking to build that community? Who am I catching up with? Who am I connecting with? And not just waiting for, well, no one's talking to me and no one's inviting me over and, and no one's, you know, meeting. But that we go, no, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the front foot. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to invite people. I'm going to have a coffee with this person. I'm going to catch up with this person for lunch. I'm going to go to the footy and watch this. You know what I mean? Just taking, that's why these, you know, things like Real Men and, and the, these other uh, Pathfinders that we had on Friday, which are the business community, which was really good for those that made it. Uh, with the premier in the city, but these are these are formal opportunities, if you like. You think, why do we do all that stuff? Because they're formal structures to help this stuff take place. Path for uh, real men. So if you're if you're a man and you know who you are, you've got certain certain uh, body parts. If you're not sure, that you can check. <laughs> but I want to encourage you. Because it's, you know, oftentimes I do hear from time, and I know sometimes there's reasons we can't, I'm not saying that, but, you know, people, so often we go, oh, you know, I wanted to go, but, you know, I've been busy, I've had this on, I've had that, that on, and it's hard. I want to encourage you to, as, uh, you know, Peter said here today, and V last week, if you were here last week, saying uh, what the value that comes out of these investments, where we get away, it's, it's one night, it's a, it's a Friday night and a half day Saturday, gathering with other people, not only from our location, but across all our locations, hearing the Word of God, mixing with other guys, encouraging one another as a man in, you know, in the different areas that we're involved to, to uh, be the best that we can be and live for Jesus with all our hearts. Uh, I want to encourage you to be there for that and to register for that. So you can grab one of these cards. All the dates and details are there. And, and be intentional about it, because I know you will not be disappointed. Uh, I mean, I'm going, and I fly out to Italy the day after. I know, because I'm committed. <laughs> so we fly out on our holiday the next day, but I, I, I want to be there, and I'm going to be looking to see who else is there. <laughs> so... Grab one of these cards. Don't go, oh, I don't know if I feel like it or not. Just go, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to be there. And we can connect together and build our relationships at a different level. And it will not only impact our lives and our families' lives, but our, our community, our church community and the broader community. Yes? So do that. And the last word, uh, Generosity. Being a big person, that, that same word there about fellowship, what Jesus had in mind when he talked about in the early church, when they gathered together, the kind of things that were taking place. It talks about generosity and about being big people, big people, people who think big, who act big, who are generous in every area of our lives, generous with our praise, generous with our encouragement, generous with our finances, trusting God, giving to God what belongs to God with our tithes and, and then 
looking for opportunities to be a blessing financially and to, and to bring life, bring hope, bring encouragement into people's worlds. And uh, Paul said to the Corinthian church in the message translation, it says this, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Have you ever been around people that you just see the way they live and the, and the, and, and the way they think and the, and the kind of uh, decisions that they make and, you just, and it makes you feel small. It makes you think, man, I am so constricted and restricted in, in my faith or in my, in my thinking or the way I live my life. Um, he says, we didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. The gospel gives us the opportunity to change our thinking and our paradigms and our mindsets and the way we live and to be big people, spacious people who see the blessing of God in our world and bring that blessing into other people's lives. You, your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can with great affection. Open up your lives, live openly and expansively. I want to encourage you to look for areas in your life where you can be more generous. It may be a little bit more finance, but it may be also with your praise or looking for opportunities just to, to, to give a word of compliment at, in the workplace or, or on the street or on the bus. It's amazing how little most people receive when it comes to words of encouragement, words of life. There is so much negativity and so, so much stuff out there of just trying to pull people down or, or, or cynicism or, or disappointment. But if we can go, you know what, I'm going to be someone that feeds and gives life and gives hope into circumstances and into situations. That's what God's asking of us. And then we are that conduit of life and the gospel and the spirit that comes to bring transformation into people's lives. So... Oh, hold on, that wasn't the last one. The last one's communication. So contribution, communion, generosity. And the last one, uh, Paul talked about that word, is about communication. Uh, what we're saying, what we're communicating. And so that our words and our deeds are actually resonating and aligning with what we truly believe when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to, to life, to eternity, and all the other things. So that's fellowship. That's who we want to be. That's what we want to do. And that's the transformation that we can make through Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that, it, that your word is, is so liberating. It's so powerful. Lord, that it, it, it challenges our thinking. It challenges our lifestyles. It challenges uh, the way we live and causes us to be bigger people more gracious to those around us, more encouraging, more faith-filled, more hope-filled, that your life fills us and changes us from the inside out. We thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. We thank you for the opportunities that you've put before us through your Spirit. Oh, we love you so much. We're so thankful. 
So thankful, Lord, for what we have, for what you've done, for what you've currently revealed. But Lord, we are hungry for more. Lord, we want to do your will, to see your kingdom come and your will done in our lives, in the lives of our families, in the lives of our church, and in the lives of the people that live in the community around us to which you've made us, the ambassadors. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit, God. Fill us today. Forgive us for the areas that we fall short. But stir us, challenge us, encourage us to be bigger, to be bolder, to be more grace-filled, more forgiving, more accommodating, more loving wise and more like Jesus if you're here today and maybe you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Saviour greatest decision I ever made in my life was at the age of 17 when I asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Saviour and I have not regretted one single day since doesn't mean they've all been easy I love Jesus Christ with all my heart. And I'd love you to know him as well. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord, you've never prayed a prayer that said, Jesus, come into my life. I want to know you. That is the message of the gospel. Or maybe you're away from God. You're following him. You've given your heart to him, but for whatever reason, and it doesn't matter, you've, you've walked away or you've drifted away or your heart has, is not connected with him right now. But today, you're saying, I want to come back. Lord, I want to get my life right again. If that's you here today, you've either never prayed that prayer, or today you're saying, Lord, forgive me. I want to come back. I want to get my life right. While every head's bowed and every eye's closed, I want you to put up your hand and say, yeah, that's me. Pray for me. I'm going to pray for you at the end of the service and lead you in the prayer that brings you to Jesus. Just put up your hand so I can see it, and we're going to pray. If that's you here today, say, I've never prayed that prayer, but today, I want Jesus Christ in my life. I want to know this Jesus. Thank you. Who else is there? You say, yeah, that's me. Or you say, you know, I'm away from God and I need to come back. If that's you, put up your hand. We're going to pray at the end of this service and lead you in a prayer to come back to Jesus Christ. Anybody at all, just put it up high. We're going to pray. Why don't we stand? Thank you, Jesus. I hope you feel stirred, encouraged, built up. I hope you learned something today as we come to, we do come to receive so that we can be changed. We can become bigger people so that we can actually then be contributors. We can be builders. We can be those that take the gospel and make a difference individually and corporately. So uh, we love you, each and every one of you. We're so proud of you and pray every day that your life will be the life that Jesus destined it to be. And I encourage you to, to live that life, to have that dream. And together, together, we can make a massive difference for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a great big hand. Thank you, Jesus.
We love you, God. And uh, also, don't forget, we have all, all our messages are on our podcast. So if you know someone or you want to listen to Pastor Ward's message again, why don't you go um, look up the C3 Roselle podcast and uh, it'll be there this week. So you can share that. That's awesome. And um, come and see me at the Next Step Bar as well after the service. If you want to register for Real Men or you want to know more about Connect Groups or about our scripture in schools, and I'll be there to meet you there. Have a fantastic week. Come join us for a coffee and we'll see you next week.